Welcome into the Ebony Bird Podcast, episode 29, brought to you by fan-sided Ebony Bird and Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald95. Our site handle is at ebony underscore bird, and make sure to check us out at ebonybird.com. And before we get started, we want to remind you to download the Ebony Bird app from the App Store. Some recent articles, NFL Draft, three reasons the Baltimore Ravens should draft quarterback Lamar Jackson from Chris Schistler at FootballMan58, site expert. He's going to be joining us tonight. And then Jonathan Dugan at Dugan Football had another one recently. Seven-round mock draft, three weeks out. Those are the two most recent ones on Twitter, so be sure to download the app and get all of your content coming to you, not only through your computer, but your mobile device as well. And, of course, this being brought to you on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. So tonight I'm being joined by Chris and our other site expert, Joe Schiller. You can find him on Twitter at Joe Schiller NFL. We have a special episode two weeks away from the NFL draft, I believe coming up two weeks from Thursday. The the NFL draft officially going to be getting underway from Texas. And to kind of get ready for that tonight, we are going to have a first-round mock draft. Our two site experts, Chris and Joe, are going to be going back and forth predicting the first round as we go, and I will be chiming in whenever I see fit. So, fellas, before we get started, uh, two weeks sitting away from the draft, how we feeling? The uh, Ravens, of course, under a lot of pressure to get some weapons on offense, but we keep getting closer and closer, and these couple of weeks here are kind of quiet, but they will be heating up absolutely next week uh, with the schedule release and then the draft coming up as well. Yeah, we're uh, trying to get ready for it, and then we're going to be exhausted after draft, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited, especially with the first round. Because of all the directions the Ravens could really go, they've kind of kept us guessing. Um, we'll kind of hit at what we're, what we're thinking about for them in the first round, but who knows what Ozzy has in store during his last year. With that being said, we're going to put Chris on the clock real quick. The Cleveland Browns have the first and the fourth overall pick, but the way it's going to work, uh, Chris is going to do the odd picks, and Joe will do the evens then. So, Chris, why don't you get us started? Uh, who are the Browns taking at number one? Well, I want to make it very clear that I did what I think is going to happen rather than what I would do. I would take Josh Rosen, but in this instance, the Browns take Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think that's a clear-cut number one. Um, I, I believe Josh Rosen probably is the better quarterback over Sam Darnold, but, I mean, after the comments he made about not wanting to go to the Browns, I don't. I just don't think it's a pick the uh, Browns are willing to take, so – Instead of going first overall to the Browns, the Giants will take Josh Rosen with the second overall pick. I think despite still having Eli Manning, they need to find that quarterback of the future. And when you have a guy like Rosen available to you in a big market city that fits his personality, I think it's too much to pass up. Yeah, the Jets are going to get a quarterback as well, although they're a little mad at the New York Giants for taking Rosen. They're going to take Baker Mayfield. They wanted Rosen, but they're going to settle with Mayfield um, you know what? I, I love Mayfield. I think he's got that special just make it happen. So that's a no-brainer pick. Uh, going with the Browns again with the fourth pick. Have a lot of options here. Obviously found their quarterback of the future, so they hope. Uh, it was very tempting for me to take Saquon Barkley here, and I know he's been talked about as a potential number one overall pick in the past. But I'm going to go with Bradley Chubb, definitely the best pass rusher in this class right now. I know it doesn't set an immediate need since they did draft Miles Garrett as the number one overall pick. But if you pair those two together in an AFC North division, that's a pretty scary combination, especially from Ravens fans ourselves. So they get Bradley Chubb. Yeah, with the Broncos, they could have gone quarterback. But you know what? They got Case Keenum. That's a placeholder that's good enough for now. Saquon Barkley is the best player on the board. 
it's not, you know, it's between Barkley and Quinn and Nelson, and I think Barkley's the playmaker that the Broncos need for that offense. You know, you have Saquon, Chris, on your on your big board at, you know, ranks number five. Um, why, why would, you know, going back to Joe real quick, why would you not have the Browns taking him if they got their quarterback at that pick, just because of the depth they have at that position already? Yeah, I mean, the depth, the, with getting Carlos Hyde in free agency, and I don't know, I just feel like it's a pick that they could better use with the pass rusher right now. It's It's tough because it's definitely not an easy decision. They could go either way, but I think with just the resources they spent on the offense in free agency with a bunch of, with the multitude of cap space, I think that Chubb is a good combination. And when you have a guy like him, it's the best player available scenario. And I think those two paired with um, Miles Garrett makes for a deadly combination on the right side or on the uh, defensive side. And we saw what they could do in Houston when you pair like JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney together. I think you could have a very similar combination. I can't hate it. I think that's a good pick. Okay, so going with the sixth pick, the Colts will take Quinn Nelson. Andrew Luck's coming off uh, shoulder injury, hasn't been able to stay healthy. They need to secure the interior offensive line. That's a huge need for them. Um, obviously, would love to get Luck some, some weapons, but Nelson is undoubtedly the best offensive lineman in the draft. He's a perennial pro bowler to be. He's a safe prospect. He's probably one of the best prospects if you take away positional value just in this draft, so you got to build it from the inside out, and that's exactly what the Colts do there. Yeah, I believe I have Derwin James at, like, seven on my big board, somewhere around there. Uh, I'm going to take him with the Buccaneers. They need to get better in the secondary, and he's so perfect for them. That's that's probably the easiest pick so far. Go with the Bears at number eight. Uh, they really wanted Quentin Nelson. Probably could take a lot of receiver here. A little too early to reach for a guy like Calvin Ridley, in my opinion. So we're going to go with Denzel Ward. Again, it's not a position that they necessarily need to address right away because they re- match Kyle Fuller's offer sheet and re-sign Prince Mukamara. But getting another guy like Ward to add into the secondary is huge, especially with how good the quarterbacks are in the NFC North. So definitely picking Ward here is a good uh, pick for Ryan Pace and company. Yeah, with the 49ers with the ninth pick, I got Roquan Smith, the top three player for me. Best instincts I've seen of a linebacker in the last five years. I think he's going to be a lightning rod for their defense. I love Roquan Smith, so this is pretty easy. Go with the Raiders, John Gruden squad. They get Tremaine Edmonds, the 19-year-old, has a ton of talent coming out of Virginia Tech. I mean, he's probably one of the most raw and most talented pass rushers right now. The Raiders desperately need something there, even though they have Khalil Mack. He really hasn't had much help. The defense was atrocious last season. So as the NFC, or so as the AFC West continues to get better, the Raiders do as well, so Tremaine Edmonds is the pick. I hate to break Buffalo Bills fans' hearts, but the Dolphins are taking Josh Allen. The thing with Josh Allen here, I'm not that high on him, but I don't think he's going to get past 11. The Dolphins need a franchise quarterback. I think it's time to say, you know what, Tannehill? Yeah, I agree. I, I like that pick, and picking with the Bills after that definitely hurts because they're trying to get their quarterback of the future. We know Adrian McCarron is just a stopgap for now, but with Allen off the board, they're going to go best player available and get Mickey Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't think he'll slide this far um, in the draft come 16 days, but he does in this one. Awesome player, great versatile secondary guy coming out of Alabama. We know they just turn out plenty of draft prospects. Um, he's going to be a stud in the NFL. I mean, I'm not sure where the Bills will play him, either safety or cornerback. He's got the ability to do both, and that kind of versatility is something that not that many teams aren't going to pass up on. 
Yeah, I agree with that pick a lot. Uh, the Redskins with Darius Geis, uh, I think this makes sense. When's the last time the Redskins had a good running back, like a really good running back? Uh, it's Clinton Portis. I mean, geez. Uh, I think uh, Geis is a sneaky team for the Redskins. It's a sneaky team for Geis. Yeah, that's a uh, pick that hasn't really been linked a ton. The Redskins would make a ton of sense after all the running backs that have failed in recent years. Going on to the Packers, they get Marcus Davenport coming out of University of Texas San Antonio. Davenport's a huge question mark, but watching him at the Senior Bowl and at the NFL Combine, this guy has so much talent that the Packers could shape into. Um, like I said, in the NFC North, trying to get to the quarterbacks, the Packers need to bounce back from missing out on the playoffs. Huge need on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. Yeah, if uh, Bruce Arians was with Arizona, I would probably take Cortland Sutton. But I think, you know, right now with what they've got going on, uh, defensive coordinator are going to be their head coach. I think they're going to go with the uh, top wide receiver of too many, Calvin Ridley. He's not, again, this isn't what I would do, but I think Calvin Ridley with Larry Fitzgerald not going to last forever. The receiving core behind Fitzgerald, not that impressive. That would just be a dream scenario for you, wouldn't it, Chris? Because I know you're not high on Calvin Ridley. It actually would. And there's a part of me that will admit I did it on purpose at 15 because it's like, okay, now he can't be a Raven. This is awesome. Um, but, hey, I actually think Ridley could end up being a great receiver. I just don't want to take the chance at 16 because his measurables are just I mean, It's just – I just don't see it. Yeah, and especially for a team like the Ravens who have had trouble selecting receivers if they were to take Ridley, who I'm pretty high on, and he doesn't pan out. Just another big miss, you know, with Rashad Perryman being there in the past. So with the 16th pick, this is definitely an unprecedented move. But given the need that Joe Flacco is going to be up in a couple of years, a bunch of quarterbacks have been taken off the board. The Ravens don't trade up or down. They will select Lamar Jackson with the number 16 pick. I really do like this pick. Um Obviously, Jackson can come into a situation where he doesn't have to play right away. Flacco's still under contract for at least two more years before it makes sense to cut him. This is a guy who just brings a ton of excitement to the to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, this we went we talked about last year about how attendance was down. Fans were really lacking something to get excited about. If you've watched Lamar Jackson play before, that's exactly what he does. He is so electric on the field, whether it's through the air, on the ground. He's not your typical quarterback. I know people have been asked. Our teams have asked him to play wide receiver. Ozzie Newsom has come out saying he's a quarterback to them. The pre-draft press conference, it could just be throwing smoke, but I really do like Lamar Jackson if the Ravens surprises him taking that number 16. Riding off that, um, if he were to sit behind Flacco for a year or two, do you think maybe they could work him in with maybe not, not necessarily like a wildcat type thing, but maybe like some sort of route, like maybe when we, what we saw like Troy Smith and Joe Flacco do his rookie year, like any, anything you could look for in, in that regard? I mean, I hope so, but it's pretty morning wake, so I'll keep my expectations low. <laughs> um, I think it's definitely possible. It's just whether Jackson's been pretty adamant about not wanting to play receiver at the next level, so I don't know if there would be any pushback from him. But obviously, if the Ravens take him, it's going to be as a quarterback. So I think it could be interesting that they could utilize him something like that. But if they're picking him to be a franchise quarterback, it's, it's hard to see them risking his health like that. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I, I like the Lamar Jackson thing. At the very minimum, you got to give Joe Flacco some competition. This would be the first time in Joe Flacco's entire career that he's had a guy that could push him. And 
I don't think that's a bad thing. The the sad fact is we don't know how Joe Flacco would respond to that situation because he's never been in it. And I think Jackson would just revitalize the franchise, and I think it would give Eric DaCosta a start because I do believe he's going to be a franchise quarterback. And that's me with the Chargers. You know, this is a guy I keep mocking to them, Deron Payne. I think he's the next Saloni Nada. A big man like that, moving like that. Oh, boy. So on the Seahawks have a have had a really weird offseason and loaded a lot of guys, Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, kind of trying to do a quick rebuild there. Um, I'm going to take Josh Jackson with the pick. Great ball skills. Definitely the kind of quarterback that fits right into that Seattle kind of defense. Was a stud at Iowa. Maybe does lack a little speed off the ball, but in blank. And he'll be able to catch, to stay up with receivers at the next level. He had three picks against Ohio State and arguably his best collegiate game, and that's enough for me to pick him with the Seahawks here. Yeah, the Cowboys with terrible injury. Um, I probably would have taken a, a pass rusher or two in front of Landry, but realistically, I don't think he gets past 19 with Davenport off the board. The Lions will go Billy Price. I thought maybe um, Matt Patricia would go defense here, but I'm going to stick with offense, building him from the inside out. Price is a little bit of a wild card because I believe he tore his pack while benching at the combine. He's still expected to be ready. But I really do like Price here, can play at center, play at guard. Um, just a good pickup for the Lions on the offensive line. Connor Williams, I think, is the best fit for the Cincinnati Bengals at pick 21. I think uh, it just makes a lot of sense. So we'll keep Connor Williams wearing a different kind of orange. This is an interesting pick for me for the Bills because – I didn't really notice this until it was announced today, but Richie Incognito did retire. They already lost Eric Wood, so there's a gigantic need on the offensive line right now. So I'm going to go with Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia. can play both guard and tackle. Um, very versatile player, very solid player. Um, so he definitely fills an immediate need for the Bills there as they look to get back to the playoffs again. And it's, I think this could be a realistic pick for them now that Incognito is, has retired. Absolutely. That's an awesome pick. 23, I got the Patriots, the Evil Empire, and and I'm going to go with Colton Miller here. Colton Miller, I think, is the most balanced offensive lineman in terms of run blocking and pass protection. He stays square to the line of scrimmage. He's just he, – his feet are perfect. I, I, I love Colton Miller. I think he's a steal at 23. Going with the Panthers, they're going to take Chris's guy, Corbin Sutton. This is just – Thank you. Uh, Cam Newton loves the big body receivers. They had it with Devin Funches. They have it. They had it with Kelvin Benjamin. This just makes so much sense. Um, and I just, I don't really know what to say. Like Chris loves Cortland Sutton. I know you think he should go earlier, but I don't think there's a better fit for him in the first round than the Panthers. I, I love it, and he's going to be so much better than people think. And with the Titans. Um, Stop gushing over Cortland Sutton, Chris. Uh, with the Titans, uh, Leighton Vanderesh, the linebacker for them is just – I love Vanderesh. I think he's a stud muffin. Um, when you talk about the speed of Vanderesh, I mean, it almost looks like it's 1996 and Ray Lewis is there. I don't think he has the ferocity of Lewis. I don't like comparing players to him. But, my goodness, he's just – from an athletic standpoint – I'm very intrigued. Going on to the Falcons, 
Uh, they're going to go defensive line here with Vita Vea out of Washington. I know you compared um, player to Haloti Nada earlier, Deron Payne, and I think Vita Vea is the perfect comparison to Haloti Nada. Just a huge guy that just can plug up holes. Um, would be a great fit for the Falcons there, so I'm going Vita Vea. It's a good year when you can compare two players to Haloti Nada. It's a good year for NFL draft analysis. We're going on with the Saints, Mike Hughes. The corner from UCF is a guy I really like. When you look at Hughes, he's a guy that keeps moving up by four. So I, I, I love the idea of pairing him with the corner they drafted from Ohio State last year. I just did. Did. Mike Hughes, yes. Go with the Steelers, a real evil empire. I don't even like saying the name. It just gets a bad taste in my mouth. Um, with <laughs> Um, with that pick, they take Rashawn Evans. I just still is a perfect need. Ryan Shazier, unfortunately, went down with that horrible injury. As much as he may try to get back, he's never going to play a snap again, if we're being honest. Rashawn Evans immediately fills that need to inside linebacker, a stud coming out of Alabama. We would know after picking C.J. Mosley how good Alabama linebackers can be, so the Steelers take their own. Yeah, the Jaguars have a really complete roster. They're going to be competitive again. Um, and what do you get him? Well, I got him Taven Bryan. He's a player that I really like on uh, explosive. I actually have him ranked 40th. I think it's a bit of a reach um, because I think he's inconsistent, but holy crap, he's, he is a very explosive athlete. He's going to be a penetrator, and he's going to make that defense a little beefier up front, which is exactly what the Jaguars need. Yeah, same thing going with the Vikings. They're a pretty complete team. It's, once you get towards the later round, it's very hard to find immediate needs for some of these teams, especially how they performed last season. But we're going to go with Jair Alexander out of Louisville, uh, fantastic cornerback. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily feel, feel a major need because they already have Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne. So you can never have enough depth at cornerback. The Ravens know that. So having that kind of depth with a rookie as talented as Alexander is definitely a good pick here. That's a really good one, uh, Jair Alexander. And he's really climbed up my board. Um, can't talk for some reason all of a sudden. Uh, the Patriots, Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter is going to be that sneaky Patriots pick that you're just like, oh, they did it again. They got a great player for their defense. Uh, great pass rusher. I think he's the most underrated pass rusher in this draft. Uh, he's just, he's length, he's lengthy. He's explosive. He, oh, he just makes plays, man. He's, he's fun to watch. Oh, and finally, with the Super Bowl champion Eagles, they will. I originally had them going Isaiah Oliver at corner, but I switched it. I want they're going with safety Ronnie Harrison, the third Alabama guy off the board. I mean, it's not shocking that Nick Saban just continues to produce talent like this every year. Um, Her- Malcolm Jenkins is getting older. I think they'll, nec- they'll eventually have a need there at safety. Um, and like I said with the pick before, just like the Vikings, you can never have enough depth. Um, Ronnie Harris is a hard hitter. He's an he's a fantastic safety um, behind Nick Fitzpatrick. So I think this is a great pick for the Eagles. Hey, before we get on, go on, I want to say a good piece of news for Ravens fans. If it breaks out this way, you have five quarterbacks taken. The Ravens got one of them, and then only two wide receivers and two running backs, no tight end. So 18 defensive players. That means offensive talent is off the wazoo in the second and third rounds. That's certainly a great point there, Chris. Moving on now, 
on the Ebony Bird Podcast. Once again, site experts Chris Schistler at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller NFL giving you their full first round mock draft. And I was chiming in a little bit every once in a while there. Again, I'm contributor Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 We are coming to you through iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. And, of course, check us out at ebonybird.com and ebony underscore bird on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook page as well. If you search Baltimore Ravens fans or at Ebony Bird on Facebook, you'll find our Facebook page as well. We have some quick tidbits here to move on now on the Ebony Bird podcast. The first one being because we actually didn't get to talk about this. This actually happened right after our podcast last week. The Ravens signing veteran quarterback, former first-round pick, Robert Griffin III, RG3. I know both you guys had strong feelings about this. I myself, uh, I don't think the exact details of the contract have been released yet, but whatever it is, it's going to probably be the veteran minimum. Again, RG3 is in the play in the NFL last year. He's had, ever since his rookie season, just a disaster of an NFL career. Hasn't had the same pocket awareness. Had to change his playing style after suffering that torn ACL in 2012, which really started uh, when the Ravens played the Redskins in D.C., which is kind of ironic that he's coming back to the team that began the downhill collapse of his career. Had one season in Cleveland. He was hurt for most of it. He really has not been able to stay healthy. Um, but the other part of this is the whole Colin Kaepernick thing and the whole collusion grievance thing that's going on in the NFL right now with him trying to fight back. Um, the Ravens electing to go with a lesser quarterback, in my opinion, in RG3 rather than Kaepernick. But there any reason for the Ravens to keep him? I mean, if they take Lamar Jackson in the first round, I think it would be pretty hard for the Ravens to keep RG3 on their roster in camp. Um, I wouldn't buy too much into this a little bit. I, I think he'll he, he'll have a chance to prove himself in training camp, but it's not even a lock that he's going to make the 53-man roster at this point, especially if the Ravens draft a quarterback in the first round like we think is going to happen according to our mock draft. Yeah, I can't get upset about this. I mean, I, I don't like it. If we signed an objectively bad player, but you needed a backup quarterback and nothing really changed, so who cares? Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty strong hate towards this signing at the beginning. I mean, I I get why they did it. I mean, it's a one-year, $1 million contract. It's not going to hurt if he doesn't end up, you know, producing anything. Um, it's just a veteran guy to have. It's just interesting how the Ravens are just dropping bombs at press conferences now from – Steve Scotty going from Ozzie Newsom's retirement to now Ozzie Newsom passing down at their signing RG3. This has me wondering what bigger news they're going to drop next time. But, I mean, I don't know. RG3 realistically will never see the field so during a regular season game, so I guess I can't be mad about it. And you know what's actually funny is, you know, after this signing happened, a couple of my friends who are Colin Kaepernick apologists came up to me and asked why the Ravens hadn't elected to go with him because he's clearly a better quarterback. And my, my whole thought on this thing is, the Ravens are already dealing with enough enough issues of disconnect with their fan base right now. The, the stadium was half empty last season in Week 17. The last thing they need is to piss more people off to bring Kaepernick in. Whether or not you like Kaepernick or not, I'm just saying from a PR standpoint, that's the last thing they need, and I understand why they didn't do it. But at the same time, I understand other people's opinion as to why Colin Kaepernick is getting screwed over by the NFL because I think some teams are purposely not giving him a chance. And I, I, I can't say that I blame the Ravens for not blame for not taking him over a guy like RG3, but I get why people are frustrated. I don't blame the Ravens for it, but I, especially after his girlfriend called uh, yeah, Steve Bashotti a, a slave <laughs> owner. I mean, the, the bridge is burned one way or the other. Um, but objectively, Colin Kaepernick's probably better than five or six of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just, 
it's it's a bad story for the NFL, and the Ravens don't need to put themselves in it. But the problem is with this story, it never goes away. You put yourself in it one way or the other. Yeah, John Harbaugh didn't help himself either with his comments from the press conference last summer. Yeah. Oh God. God. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it'd be different that this quarterback class gives Ravens an opportunity, like a Lamar Jackson, to find their franchise guy. So I feel a little more confident, like with the mock draft we've done in there express interest in a quarterback, but they're, you know, definitely need to look for a younger option for the future because Jeff Lacker's time is definitely limited. One last topic I wanted to hit on, of course, uh, it seems like every couple of months now we talk about Ray Lewis making the news for one reason or another, but he did that this past week. Um, I Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what show he appeared on. It was probably either First Take or... Uh, it's a coward show. But anyway, uh, Ray Lewis coming out. Apparently, he had some sort of relationship with Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who's been in all sorts of controversies this offseason, whether it's his contract or the cocaine incident overseas, which hasn't really made too much. You know, we, people saw it and kind of turned a blind eye to it, but it did certainly happen. Uh, Ray Lewis came out and sang on that show that you know, Odell Beckham Jr. took God out of his life. Um, and, of course, that sparked a bunch of uprise from people around the NFL calling out Ray Lewis for one reason or another. And as a Ravens fan, I'll always love Ray Lewis, the player, but ever since he retired, I don't know if he is spotlight-hungry, but this these kind of comments really make me question the uh, substance behind them. Are you just annoyed by these comments by Ray Lewis at this point? Because it's, it's, it's annoying me, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you said it fast. I don't know if I really even have anything else to say. I mean, it's just a dumb thing to say. I don't know why it ever needs to be said in the first place. Like, it's, since Ray Lewis is retired, like you said, he just hasn't been great with his choice of words. And I'm glad he, honestly glad he's not really associated with the Ravens right now because that's just a worse look for a team that's already dealing with a bunch of PR issues. I mean, it's just one of those things where you wonder if he truly means it or he's just doing it to get attention. And I don't really know because Ray Lewis is obviously a very passionate guy and, you know, everyone's making the joke about his morals, comparing it to Odell's, which I know is just a silly thing because we all talk about that before. But it's just it's just dumb. Like, I, why does he need to be talking about that? Like, why can't he just be strictly doing X's and O's on there when it when it comes to football stuff? I feel like that's what Ray Lewis is is best at, and he's he's not the guy to be given the hot takes on TV because it's just gone horribly wrong every time he's done it. You know, well, you know what what I'm starting to really question. Like, Ray Lewis is the best Raven in history, one of the perhaps the best linebacker in the history of football, and he had a long career, 17 seasons. That's a long time for a football player, and for years, based off his play on the field, the squirrel dance, his impact in the locker room, in the community, he always had the spotlight on him, and suddenly after he retired, he didn't have that anymore. And what did he do almost right after he retired? He went on TV and started making his opinions known, which didn't go over well, and now he doesn't have that outlet to do that all the time. So I'm, I'm really starting to believe that his him saying this, like, I, I love Ray Lewis as a player, and it hurts me to say this, but I feel like his way of doing this now is just to make himself get in the news. That That's just what I'm thinking at this point. Yeah, well, just what I thought of Al Beckham Jr. was the most annoying player in the National Football League. Ray Lewis is like, hold my beer. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like he's pissed off for greatness and attention. I just, I, I look at Ray Lewis, and I'm like, dude, like, I'm never not going to love you. You're always going to be my guy. But could you just, like, take a break from microphones? Because, like, no matter what you think about his comments, it's not his place to say, and it's not something that 
honestly, if you're trying to help Odell Beckham or if you truly believe what you're saying, talk to Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham alone about it. And honestly, you probably shouldn't even do that because it just seems it, – it, it's just annoying, dude. It's just annoying. There's no – there's no fans or bust about this. This is annoying, and he should stick to what he does well, which is uplift people, not tear them down. Yeah, absolutely. Do that through the community service and stay on inside the NFL and give your opinions on the exercise. Absolutely. That, because, honestly, I, I like watching him on Inside the NFL, and I don't know if you guys watch that as well, but, I mean, t- listening to him talk about the X's nose is very interesting because he's one of the best to ever do it. So it's just unfortunate that he keeps getting himself involved in these situations, whether it's purposeful or not, because, you know, every time it happens, you have, you know, other teams of NFL fans, you know, coming at Ray Lewis for another reason, coming at Ravens fans on Twitter, and it's just like, we we know at this point like we it's just not it's not it's not news to us anymore. Well, like, well it's frustrating. What's frustrating to me is I don't want it to sound like I'm saying stick to sports because I think when you look at Ray Lewis, I think he's he's great at uplifting people. I think he's great at making people believe the best things of themselves are possible, and he's a great motivational speaker. And I I, I think he has a lot more to offer than just football. But I don't think coming down on somebody um, is really what he should be doing right now. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say, like, the big thing. Like, Ray Lewis, you can obviously say whatever you want, but given his past and his experience, he's better off, you know, doing the X and O's O's on on television and telling us about football because I think that's what he's best at and that's what he likes again. He should be a coach, guys. To be a linebacker coach, because I, I, there's some people that I just don't think can survive about the game. I think he's one of them. Well, with that being said, certainly, again, unfortunate comments um, brought up from Ray Lewis, but at least it wasn't involved with the Ravens themselves at all. So with that, we'll wrap things up tonight here on the Ebony Bird Podcast. Again, I'm contributor Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 our two site experts, Chris Schistler at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller NFL. Find them out on Twitter as well as our site handle, ebony underscore bird and ebonybird.com. Thank you for tuning in via iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to download the app from the App Store. You'll get push notifications as well via all of our site experts and contributors. So for Joe and Chris, I'm Jake McDonald, and we'll talk to you next week right here on the Ebony Bird Podcast.